Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Welcome back to another episode of The Root of All Success. This is episode 101. It's hard to believe that uh, my 100th episode was last week. And if you didn't listen to that, I talked about the 100 definitions of success. All these great people have been on my show. I just went and did a deep dive into what all those definitions are and categorize them, talk about what that means for you and how you can define success. So go back and listen to that show if you haven't done it. But this is episode 101. And uh, thank you for taking the time to listen today. I've got a fantastic guest on the show today. His name is John Siracus. And uh, we're going to, I'm going to show you, I'm going to tell you how to spell his name later. <laughs> but, but John is a serial entrepreneur. He's a seasoned leader, a strategist. He's an expert in brand identity, business communications, buyer behavior, sales conversions, marketing systems, digital marketing. He's really good as a strategist. He created two companies that he was able to 4X their ROIs through marketing and branding. And in his industry, he's really done a little bit of everything. He's He's been able to write, copy, he's draw, he can draw, do the artwork, uh, code, design, but he, but he really shines most as a marketing strategist and a developer. And he has a unique ability to kind of organize chaos and simplify the complex. And he's got this great story that we're going to talk about today about before he became a marketing pro and a very successful one at that and an entrepreneur. He has this story about he's trying to sell water door to door and he meets a lady who's going to be a recurring theme throughout today's show who changed his life. And I don't really think, and, and I address it in the show, but I don't think he really realizes how much that lady changed his life. So please welcome with me the great John Siracus to today's show. Well, John, welcome to the show, man. I'm glad you're here this morning. Oh, glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I also appreciate your flexibility. I know we we uh, I called you earlier in the week. So, hey, can we move this up a little bit? Because I've got a client coming in and I need to spend some time with him. And, and as it turns out, he didn't come in. So we're both up extra early on a Friday for really no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to oblige, man. So what city are you in? Where are you calling in from today? Uh, sunny St. Petersburg, Florida. St. Petersburg. So have you always been in Florida? Uh, yeah, I'm born and raised. Yeah. Well, my my best friends in the world just moved from Nashville, where we live, to uh, the Jacksonville. I guess I guess Jacksonville proper. Of course, that's a huge city, but they're somewhere in Jacksonville, and uh, they've been they're they're they they just moved Monday, Monday oh, wow. or Tuesday. So they're just brand new, and uh, we already miss them. And so, but you guys got two new great people, and two good citizens in Florida. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. That's where our other offices. Yeah, we got two offices: one in St. Petersburg, one in Jacksonville. So very familiar with that area. So uh, what we're going to talk about today on the show is uh, your story of success. This the show is called The Root of All Success. And when I started this show back in, I uh, started recording and, and it was Christmas week, 2020. Um, I started recording the show. It's, it's something I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. And, and uh, I started it with the idea to interview very successful entrepreneurs just like you. And I want to talk about how do you how you did it? What was the root of the success? Where did it come from? How did you get there? So I want to ask you as we get started, what what was the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey? Was it as a kid? I mean, did you deliver papers, cut yards? What or or, or was it later? For me, it was later as an adult. But but when when did you start your entrepreneurial journey? I think I was working working for my dad. He had a small construction company. And it was a, it was a family business. So I think that was a part of it. Yeah, I wasn't one of those kids that was like you know selling candy on the the bus. And it seems like that's like this like this really popular story now. Like everybody's like, oh, he was an entrepreneur. They had the lemonade stand, and he was stealing the neighbors' newspapers and reselling them to other people on the street. No, it was uh, it was nothing like that. My my dad had um, 
a small family business. And I, I think I saw like what that was like. And I knew that, or I believe that I could, I could do something similar better. So he had a construction business. Yeah. What was he doing? Was it building houses? What, what building was it? houses. Yeah. It was building, uh, it was, there were track homes to begin with and then luxury homes. And then got into realizing it was more money in the subcontracting side of things, whether it was like framing and, uh, uh, like cabinetry and trim. Yeah. Is he, is he still around? Is that business still around today? Uh, that business isn't, but he's, yeah, he's still around. He's a, uh, he's like a master carpenter. So he does like Tiffany stained glass windows where they'll call him to like do inlays. Yeah. He's, he can build furniture. He's, he's pretty incredible when it comes to stuff with wood. So his business uh, as an entrepreneur, was it a successful business? I guess just in hindsight, 2020, was it a successful business? It was. Uh, yeah, I think it was in a lot of ways, but it was a small business. So having the issues of a small business and seeing them through the lens that I see them through now, whether it was, you know, employee uh, issues, put it this way, he fired me in front of a group of people. All right. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't want to talk about, I mean, like to talk about like everything being perfect would just be, you know, total BS, but yeah, it was tough. And it was family business because you're working with your brothers. And I don't know if you've been in a family business working with your brothers, but you got egos, you got, you know, fights over position and hierarchy. Uh, so yeah, man, it was, it, it was good. I think at a certain point, but looking back, I, it's, I, there's no way I could ever carry on in that environment. I love my brothers to death. I love my father to death, but yeah, there, there's no way I can work with those guys. <laughs> What's your dad's name? Uh, Costa. Costa. Yeah. So, so we got to give a shout out. Uh, would you say to Costa to dad, Thank you for firing me. It really was a life moment that I needed. Or was it like you son of a, <laughs> which one was it? <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. Th yeah, no, I couldn't, I can't thank him enough, but yeah, at the time it, it hurt and stung. We didn't talk for a long time after that, but really? Yeah. Wow. And how old were you when that happened? It's like probably 19, 18. Yeah. Oh, yeah. were you still living at home? No, uh -uh. I was already. Oh, out. Okay. Wow, man. I can't, you know, that that's uh. Uh, you know, anytime there's a familiar, uh, familial uh, rift like that, it can sting even harder. But I'm glad that you overcame it. He overcame it evidently, and everything's going well. <laughs> going yeah, well. I mean, it was kind of like shaking it off. It was just uh, like, all right, well, got to move forward. This is, yeah, you can't hold on to it, but you can still be. I'm not like giving permission, but yeah, of course, you're going to take a little bit personal. But like, yeah, there's there's a better way to do that. So I probably I was a little bit angry at him for that, but I was happy, I think, in in the release to to get on with my journey. So you're 18, 19 years old, working for dad in the family construction business. Uh, you get fired in front of everybody. You're mad, you're angry. He's he's whatever he's is, he's feeling now. Are you do you have kids? Do you have kids now? No, I don't. Yeah, okay. well, I don't have them yet. Yeah. Well, so so you know, it all comes back. Like, so, you know, <laughs> at some point you're gonna run into that moment with one of your children and you'll be like, Oh, this is why dad did what he did. Uh, you're fired. But, uh, so, so you've moved, you moved from that onto what, what did you do next? So, uh, for about 30 days that I, I tried to sell water door to door. Yeah. Well, I guess that like, uh, what's that? The Culligan or systems. No, or this was, this is way scammier than that. This was <laughs> like where you like tested water and you would like hold it up to the lights and you're like, Oh, well, I can't believe you're drinking this. You'll be dead in, you know, four days if uh, you keep sucking this stuff down. So, uh, I didn't, and apparently it was a scam. I didn't realize it and I needed money so bad. I was so broke. I was living with, uh, uh a girlfriend at the time and she's just like riding me. Um, you know, like I need rent money and so on and so forth. I was like, I get it. Yeah. You know, this is our lease. We got this thing together. And there's this lady, she was so sweet. She was, I don't know, probably like 83 years old. She's on oxygen. And if you sold one of these like systems, it was like $8,000 commission. Right. So that's, that's a big deal. And, uh, she looks me in the eye and she, she puts her hand on my hand. She says, John, she said, if you, if you believe that I need this, she's like, I'll go ahead and sign right now and cut you a check. And I look her in the eye and I was like, man, I don't believe in this shit. I was like, no, nah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you don't need this. That's the day I quit. I was like, all right. So I quit that day. I gave a, a buddy of mine a call and he used to, uh, I went to school with him and uh, he said, Hey, I got a marketing company with my dad. You're going to school for marketing. Why don't you come to, to work for us? And that's, that's essentially how I started my, my journey that uh, I'm on today in, in the marketing world. 
So, so the lady on oxygen was kind of that voice of reason, the little uh, Jiminy cricket on your shoulder telling you, this is not what you need to be doing. <laughs> it was, she just like looked into my soul and she's pretty much said like, all right, if, if you're willing to sell your soul to, to sell this piece of machinery, which you obviously don't believe in, then I'll buy it. Cause I mean, she's 83 and she was, you know, I, I don't know how long she thought she was going to be along for. I hope she's still alive. Um, but in, uh, in any event, that, that was a big turning point. And I, and there was a, the thing that was most important was realizing you really can't sell something if you don't believe in it. You can't, yeah. you can for a little bit, but all you're going to be doing is stealing from yourself, your integrity and your future. But if you actually really believe in something, it's, you, you're going to put so much passion behind it and you're going to be almost upset when somebody's not buying it. Cause you're like, well, what, what are you talking about? Like this thing is made for you. Like I, I don't get it. And that's what people need to trust you so they can understand like, all right, this thing's actually going to work for me. And I, I, I want to thank her for that. She taught me that really early on. You know, that's a, that's a really interesting point that I'd like to take a moment to camp out on if you don't mind. And that's a kind of a, a break in your story, but I think that, and you're a marketing guy. So I know that this is deep within who you are and what you do for a living now, but so many salespeople don't get what you just said. So many entrepreneurs who are selling and all of us as entrepreneurs have to sell at some point. But if you truly believe in what you're doing, let's look at the positive side. If you truly believe in what you're doing and that what you do helps another person, it you're doing everybody a disservice, not trying to sell it. Like if by soft pedaling it, I, I was, you, you and I were talking pre-show about people ghosting, <laughs> ghosting us and doing the, which is, we don't understand the ghosting culture, why people just won't respond. But the reason I kept pursuing that one potential customer I was telling you about in that story is because I believe that I can help them. They, they reached out. And so I believe that. So I think that, I think that when we say, well, I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to No, that if you believe that you can help, you should try everything. So I think it's really interesting on both sides. You know, you've got the negative side. Like you said, if you don't believe in it, you're not going to be able to be successful at it. So, so cheers to that lady, um, you know, <laughs> who peered into your soul <laughs> and caused you that moment of awareness to say, uh, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. You, I have a conscience. I can't, I can't do this. So marketing. So you got into marketing after this. Um, what, what was the, what was your friend's company doing? And, and it was in the healthcare space uh, where they sold like uh, uh, eyeglasses and mainly hearing aids and, and, and things around that. And I was brought in at first uh, just to do anything. It was the worst training ever. Like just talking about throwing you to the wolves and um and uh, kind of just, I, I know I was like, oh, I'm going to school for marketing. So I might as well try to help them out with marketing. And I remember there were just like really small things like changing the packaging on the box to, you know, that they would ship out some of the products and just sales would, uh, you know, the recurring sales went higher because we had now phone numbers on it and whatnot. I also saved money on the packages. There was, uh, you know, deals that you could do um, uh, with shipping and whatnot, right? Because it doesn't have to be in bags and efficiencies. So doing things like that, getting involved in the website, just like all these like little small things and being there for years and realizing like, wow, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at this. And, um, and then it got really corporate because we got really successful. They were, they, they were smart and they hired great people. Just, um, I don't want to make it sound like it was on account of like all my efforts. Cause it certainly wasn't, but it got really corporate and there was these consultants that came in and when consultants come in, it's, it's never a good thing, right? Because there's usually, not, not for, not for somebody that uh, really enjoys the way things are, because if it's, whether it's VC, private equity backed or whatnot, they bring in these guys. That means things have to change at a dramatic clip. And I wasn't happy with that. I was just seeing undermining and I was seeing like political things. It's like, oh, wow, this is just terrible. Like I want nothing to do with where this is going. So uh, I, I quit in, um, in a really fashionable way, this consultant, I was walking down the hall and uh, I had my whole marketing team behind me and, you know, I got, I'm a little bit of cocky. I'm, I'm, I think I'm doing some pretty good stuff and I'm working 20 hours a day. So he, he stops me. He says, Hey, there, there was this mailer late in Ohio. I need you to draw it out on this whiteboard. And I was like, yeah, well, I'll do it right after my meeting. I got like six of my team members behind me. We're going into the conference room. And he says, no, he's like, I need you to draw that right now. So he takes the marker and he pokes it in my chest. And I look at my team and they had this look of like, dude, if you draw this, like we got no respect for you. Like this is, this is not cool. So uh told the guy to go F himself and told him to go draw it. And that's the day I quit and started my agency. 
So this guy who did that to you, what was his role in the he company? Was the new CEO. Oh wow! So your fr- it was your friend's company at first, though, right? Yeah. So they they created it was, but now they uh, for growth for the sake of growth, they they sold their soul, and they, they, this ended up shutting the company down because mm. these guys were not they weren't a culture fit. They 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 might have been very bright. Uh, granted, I don't see that. I just see the guys that were able to hemorrhage money at a uh, faster than anybody else I've ever seen. Um, and, uh, they, they destroyed the company. Yeah. In a matter of two years after I left, they were out of business and just huge piles of debt. Yeah. Wow. What, what do you think? Why do you think that happened? What do you, what do you think is the root of, of that failure? There's a fine line between ambition and greed and you got to be careful, uh, because it can get the best of you. Like I love ambition. I love where it's like, all right, we can, we can do this. We can grow. But I've seen the 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 hubris and the greed side kick in with clients, and I mean, we had a a, a company that we grew from you know a few million to you know over 70, 80 million, and they they couldn't finish any of their projects, and they went out of business. They were all over the news. The guy, he's a really nice guy. He had no intention, but if you look at it now, it's like, dude, you ripped off all these people and you didn't finish their projects. He couldn't get the supplies. It was costing him two projects to finish one project because the profitability uh, was no longer where it was when he started. Mm. And I, I know in his heart, like, I don't think he meant to do that, but man, once that wave starts going and you're like, well, I got this dream and I got, I got to promise all my employees and it can get really ugly. So I think that's the difference between that ambition and greed. You just really have to stop and say, all right, this doesn't make sense. People are, people are going to lose money or people are going to get hurt. And you really have to recalibrate. They didn't do that. They wanted to push through they thought if they got to, because we started getting into the retail space, I can't remember how many stores it was, but it was a dramatic number. And I created this like shop in a box concept where we'd ship the store, boom, boom, and you'd be able to pop it all out. And I remember asking like, okay, well, where do these things become profitable? And they showed me this spreadsheet, Jason. And I was like, dude, like we're talking about thousands of stores here, man. Like this isn't, this isn't reality. Agreed. So, they, so it sounds like they needed that lady on oxygen to come in the office and look him in the <laughs> eye <laughs> and say, if you really believe this is what we should be doing, we'll keep spending this money like a drunken sailor on leave. But otherwise, <laughs> they needed her to come in with a magic wand, man. <laughs> but, you know, that's part of everybody's story. I think I think some are more dramatic than others. I think that's a, obviously a very dramatic and dr- very dramatic fashion, as you said, about your moment of. Uh, awareness and quit, you know, you're quitting because of what happened at that moment. But I think all of us as entrepreneurs have those moments where we look back and say, that spot right there, that was that make or break moment. That was the moment that I decided that I wasn't going to do this anymore. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to do something different. So when you did that, when that moment happened, did you have an idea of what was going to be next? Or or was that so abrupt that you thought you got in your car, like, holy crap, what did I just do? What, what happened afterwards what 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 did you do next yeah it was it was a bit of both so i remember i was like well if i'm gonna do this i gotta like call some people that are actually doing this so i knew a guy that was kind of like um he was like freelancing and uh and then he knew another guy that was freelancing so i kind of like clobbered together a team and then started going after going after projects and this is also when i quit was in the pit of the recession so it was just you know one one bad idea you know, after another. And then it was just really trying to just hustle and get projects where wherever I could and figuring out how to sell them because it was different. And also I made promises to them because they were my friends that I wasn't going to like sell, you know, go after their clients, go after that type of space and what wasn't going to try to, to do that. So I felt that that was appropriate. In hindsight, maybe I could have worked a better deal and said, Hey, I'm going to go after these clients. I'll give you guys a piece of it. Maybe, maybe that would have been a little bit more comforting. But yeah, <laughs> at that point it was just doing whatever I could. We would sell logos. We would sell, uh, we would sell email, uh, market. I mean, whatever, whatever we could. And then people would collapse email marketing, with just email support. And I was like, all right, screw it. Well, let's do email support. Yeah. It was brutal, but it was, it was fun at the same time. You learn, a, you learn a lot about yourself. So when did you start your own agency? Was it, was it in that transition period then? Uh, it was in 2009. Yeah. So it was 2008. I think I quit. Yeah. It was in 2009. It was officially when I started uh, my agency. Yeah. 
And what, what was the, I know you've since merged with Oyova, yeah. uh, Oyova. I hope I'm saying that right. But what, what was the name of that, of the company, the firm that you started? Revital. Revital. Okay. Revital. So you started Revital in the marketing space and you were uh, doing it sounds like it is what it sounds like just based on this short part of the story. Anything related to marketing, we'll do it. Is that, is totally. that really what it was? No, oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. <laughs> we, I wouldn't turn down anything. Yeah. <laughs> What's your lesson now that you you've did that and you're, you know, so many years removed. Is that a good, is that a good strategy? Terrible idea. No. <laughs> I mean, specialize in something. Yeah. That's the worst thing you can do. You're going to be so wide and you're going to be looking for people that are better at it. And, it's, it's just complete insecurity at every stage of what you're doing. Even if you're really good at something, you're like, are we really good at this? I mean, I mean, we're doing a lot. I mean, so. So what do you think, uh, why do you think so many, so many companies, entrepreneurs, business owners, they try to be all things to all people. Is it, is it, is it just being dumb? They don't understand that you shouldn't do it or is it fear or is it a combination of some other things? What, what, what do you think? I think ignorance is part of it. Yeah. Uh, optimism is, is, is part of it. Like, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. It's like, how, how, how hard could that be? And, uh, or we'll find somebody to do it. And then I think, uh, the other part is, yeah, fear. They don't want to turn anything down. They don't want to say no. Yeah. Yeah. I think the fear, I think, I think you're right. I think it is fear. I think we, all of us, when we get started, we want anybody who can fog a mirror and we'll write a check. It doesn't matter who it is and why, you know, we just want it. <laughs> and then, and then at some point we realize, okay, this is probably not our highest and best, in, uh, you know, intent. Yeah. Um, so you, so was Revital, was that your first official LLC as an entrepreneur or were there, was there something? No, I started a small paintball company before then that I, I sold for a little bit that uh, did a little bit of online business uh, that wasn't too successful. So I think this is my, this is my second LLC. Yeah. Okay. So the paintball, that's interesting. Yeah. So uh, you started just, what, what was it like? A, did you, did you sell equipment or did you sell the experience What, what or both or what? So we didn't do a whole lot, which was interesting. So what I did is I wanted to start with a buddy. He ended up backing out. Uh, and so I ended up getting like distribution rights to some paintball stuff and uh, kind of clobbering together like a small little website. And then there was this other company that I ended up selling it to for like a small amount realizing that this wasn't the business that I wanted to be in. Um, so yeah, it wasn't like a huge success, but it's pretty cool saying like, yeah, I sold a paintball company, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, it was really small and, uh, I, I got out of it at the right time. I think that was, I wasn't designed to do that. So paintball. So, but so marketing though, it seems like that's been your, your bread and butter, your sweet spot for the whole, your whole entrepreneurial career. Is that right? Yeah. Marketing. Uh, yeah. I would say marketing sales and technology related stuff. Like I, I, I love technology. I'm not, I wouldn't, fashion myself as a technologist by any means, but I do, I do love technology. I love selling technology. I love seeing what technology can do. I love the tangibility of it in a lot of respects because marketing problem is, and, and, I, and I love marketing is uh, some people just think it's magic. Like, Oh, it's either going to work or it's not going to work. And it goes back to, do you really believe in what you're selling? Like, is this something that you would be willing to cold call and pound it and know that you can convince somebody in doing it when somebody's like, Oh no, not really. It's like, all right, well, would you just want us to market this thing and hope it's going to work out? You don't believe in it. Why should we? Again, this lady is haunting our story. She needs to show up in that moment. Go, Listen here, Sonny. Do you really believe in this stuff? Because if you do, we'll go ahead and keep doing this marketing plan. But I, you know, if you don't, we need to walk away right now. There's listen, you need to tell that story every time you pitch. Like that story needs to come up because you could because that's visceral. Everybody can feel that. They they can see that lady's eyes breathing through that machine stuck in her nose and then saying, if you I trust you. And I will pay you money, but I don't think you believe. <laughs> I think that would connect. I think that's part of your new sales training program. You got to, you got to train all your reps to tell that story. Let me tell you the story about our founder. <laughs> so, so uh, do, you, do you happen to know that lady's name? You, no, but I could find it because she owned, uh, she was part owner of a pretty prominent company here in the, the Tampa Bay area. Yeah. The weird thing too, is she was like, you, you should really stay. And I was like, well, I got to go. She's like, well, my daughter will be here soon. I was like, she her daughter. <laughs> but she was 83. Her daughter is not going to be anywhere close. Uh, to you might've been her granddaughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know. 
Yeah. I mean, you might be into that sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah. And walks a 60 year old. Uh, I don't know. So, so in Re- revital, uh, agency was a full service digital marketing agency. Um, and, and your kind of sweet spot, the thing that you like doing most is the marketing strategy and the sales development. When did you realize that that was kind of your thing? Because as I said in the in the intro, I mean, you, you've done a little bit of everything. You, you're buyer behavior, sales conversions, marketing systems. You've written, you've drawn, you've did code. Um, you know, you've done all that, but marketing strategy is kind of your thing. When did you realize that, that was your thing? Um, I think it go, we couldn't find anybody to, to sit in that role. And then I believe it was just sitting down with clients and we would just devise a plan based on the data and it kind of would just work out. And, uh, I was always looking for somebody else like, Oh, I need to get a marketing strategist. And I remember sitting down with this guy who was a pretty, um, he's a, he's a copywriter that worked for a lot of other big agencies. And I was trying to woo him to, to come and work for me freelance on some projects. And, um, and I remember laying out a strategy for him that we were going to attack and I had some messaging in there and whatnot. And he's like, damn, he's like, this is really good. Who put this together? And, uh, you know, of course I'm like, oh man, yeah, that, that's me. Yeah. So I think it was a few instances like that. And then going head to head with some really sharp CEOs that were CMOs that have worked for some other companies and just really <laughs> challenging the way that they think. Um, and then having them challenge the way that I think and really co- collaborating and putting together some, some pretty good plans that, you know, when you can turn $1 into, you know, $20, $30, $40 in, in revenue, it's, that's a pretty, pretty cool feeling. And when it's something based on a strategy that you and your team, I shouldn't take all the credit, um, put together, it's, uh, yeah, it can really, really inflate your head. Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. As an entrepreneur, I know that you have to deal with sales on a regular basis. I mean, every entrepreneur does. And if you aren't paying attention to sales as an entrepreneur, you're not going to be an entrepreneur for very long. But I've got a sponsor of this show called Dub that helps you bring the personal back to sales. If you want to figure out how to improve content creation, improve client trust, improve your sales process, decrease the sales cycle, because we all know time kills deals. If you want to increase client bookings and increase conversions, you need to take a look at Dub. There's a special offer for Dub for listeners to the Root of All Success at therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub, and that's D-U-B-B. What Dub does, I've been using this for years. I'm a huge fan, and I'm so honored that they're our primary sponsor of the podcast, but they have helped over 60,000 businesses around the world communicate better, to make sales easier, to make sales more personal. Dub is built for growing teams. I mean, you can set up video emails, you can set up custom onboarding, you can do admin reporting, anything you need around video and sales and automation. Dub is there. You can try Dub now. Your conversions to sales are waiting. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. And there you're going to get two weeks for free to try Dub. Plus, you're going to get 50% off your first two months of dub. You can't, you can't beat that. So go check it out. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash dub. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now back to the show. So I'm going to ask you a, a, a question as someone who's not a marketer, um, but I hire, I've got an agency that works for me. That's my stuff. I got two actually, one that does um, email stuff for me and another one that does ads and, you know, kind of funnels and that type of thing. But w- what is it about the marketing? Why is the marketing world so full of companies that suck? Because it's obvious that you've been very successful and we're going to continue to talk about your success, but there seems to be a marketing uh, agent agency individual on every corner around every Instagram post. And it's always somebody and they always promise the world but they, they offer, you know, most marketing agencies offer zero guarantee, zero of any kind of money back, or we guarantee a certain number of conversions and, and, and they don't follow up well. Like they just don't follow up and tell you what the heck they're doing with the money that you did decide to give them. Why, what's going on there? I mean, because you're obviously very successful at it. You've done well. Why are there so many that suck? Why are there so many that just don't, don't know what they're doing? Cause uh, I think well, the barriers to enter are limited, right? Um, 
people think they can watch a few episodes of Mad Men, maybe, and uh, you know, follow what Gary Vee is saying and, and and make some waves. The other uh, thing is, I, I don't think a lot of them um, are straight up. Where if if you're selling something with absolutely no differentiation and you're looking for differentiation, it's just going to be BS, right? Because like, what's the real difference between, um, you know, one product and the next it's not. So all you got to do is lay out these systems, work these systems harder than somebody else have, uh, and then essentially just uh, wear out the, the competition. That's what most marketing is today. You're cutting through the noise based on some kind of offer and you need to work your systems. And then based on that, you can literally lay out forecast and, and have those numbers. But dude, there's so much crap out there, so much stuff for people to buy uh, that, yeah, it's it's a really tough game. And real estate keeps getting shorter and shorter to whether it's ranking on Google or getting something placed in, in social media. All that being said, everybody with a computer, you know, thinks that the, they're an optimist. They like social media. They're going to jump into this game and think that they can help somebody sell something. It's just, it's optimism. And they think they can get in there and do it, do it for less. And it's really expensive to do it right. I had a guy hit me up yesterday saying, Hey, do you know if somebody that's a, a really good freelance social media person? And uh, I was like, no, I don't. I was like, I know some agencies, but they're not cheap. He's like, well, I'm looking for cheap. I was like, I can't help you then. I mean, yeah, dude, you're not the exception. That's what everybody needs to understand. Like, yeah, you're, it's everything that you see out there takes blood, sweat, tears, lots of hard work and lots of money. You're never the exception. If your mom didn't teach you that, hopefully you can walk away from this podcast and know that now. Yeah. Well, you can get. So what I heard a long, long time ago is you can get good, fast and cheap. Uh, you get pick two of those. Yeah. You don't get all three. So if it's yeah. going to be good and fast, it ain't going to be cheap. It's going to be good and <laughs> yeah. good and cheap. It ain't going to be fast. You know, yeah. if it's yeah. fast and cheap, it ain't going to be good. You know, so I think that I, and I've had to use that in, in closing situations before when people are pushing the, the back when I was running my lighting company full time and I was selling that, that it was kind of a race to the bottom. Who's got the cheapest packages. Yeah. And, and I was like, Hey, listen, it's good, fast and cheap. You can pick two of these. I don't know which ones, which two are the most important to you. As a matter of fact, we, we ended up, I, I forgot, I forgot about this, but we ended up writing into our script, like our prospecting script and our interview script. When we would meet with customers, we'd have them rank in order. We didn't call it good, fast and cheap. We had better words than that. <laughs> we had good marketing <laughs> words, which I'm sure you would know about. <laughs> But we'd essentially ask, rank these in order. What's most important? And then we would just kind of hold that back. And we'd know that, okay, they're, they're, these, are the, these are the good and cheap people. Yeah. So, so when they say, hey, we need delivery in 30 days, we can go, well, you told us that you wanted X and Y. We can't do Z. If you want Z, we can't do X. So, like, what, you got to pick. And, and it really, it still didn't solve that problem, but it really eliminated a lot of the problems that we had been seeing in the market. So, so marketing um, with marketing strategy, everybody wants the cheap, <laughs> everybody wants it good. Everybody wants it fast. Um, what is the one biggest thing that you think, if, if you're going to just give a tip, just a general marketing tip with no, we don't know what the industry is. We don't know what people are doing, but just generally speaking, what's kind of your biggest tip as a professional marketer after all these years? Uh, how is it sold? So people just like in the conversation of how it is sold from one person to the next is going to give you so much data that you use on the marketing side and not enough people use that. And what I mean, I keep going back to that cold calling. Like I'll tell like, how is this sold from, uh, and it doesn't matter whatever it is. It could be a piece of real estate. It could be, you know, a phone case, anything. Like what is the conversation points between two people, one trying to convince the other one to buy it and not enough people will sit down and, and look at that. And then whatever those parts are, uh, are, are the parts that should extract. I think everybody gets hung up in the data and, and all these other things. At the end of the day, it's literally just a conversation between two people. And then you figure out how to market that. I heard somebody say, I don't know who it was. And I say this now all the time is that a, a, a sale happens when two people agree on the truth. Mm, I like that. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Again, I don't know who came up. It's not mine, but I really like it. And I use it in all my sales training. When I do sales training with my clients is that, listen, you believe something, Mm -hmm. And when they also believe the same thing, you're probably going to make a sale. Uh, but if you believe it and they don't, or they believe it and you don't, it, it's, it's not going to happen. It, again, it goes back to that lady, <laughs> you know, do you really believe this is going to <laughs> really help, help me? Because if you don't, 
I'm not going to do it. So tell me about Oyova, you, 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 Oyova. And I, I, sorry, I keep screwing it up. Say whatever you want. It's your show. But, but, but when did, when did you decide that, Hey, I want to merge because that's what you did in 2019. You took your successful company revital agency and you merged with this company. Why did you do that? What was the, what was the reason behind that? So, uh, my business partner now, uh, in, in Oyova, we knew each other for now it's like over, over 10 years and we always talked about it. Right. So it's like, all right, what if we could take marketing and leverage it with our technology? Because he had, um, just pure development that that's what uh, his team was. And what I saw in the market was like meeting, you know, kind of, kind of a different edge because like what you were saying, I hate competing with every Yahoo that just has a laptop and that's what it was. Right. So I remember we were working on, um, there were these condos that, uh, they needed to sell a bunch of them when we were working and somebody literally brought up some company like, yeah, this other person used to be a real estate agent. They're, uh, they just quit. And then now they open a marketing company and then we had to like pitch against this. So I remember I was like just running into all these situations of just like, ah, so I wanted a different edge. That different edge was more technology. So through the merger, um, <clears throat> we've done that. So we affect, you know, top line growth with, uh, with, with marketing, drawing and leads and sales so on and so forth. And then the bottom line growth with efficiencies through technology. So what is it? You have a bunch of marketers, you get a bunch of technologists, developers, engineers, and then we clobber those together. That's what I saw as a competitive advantage. And I think, uh, I think I was right. It's worked out. So Oyova is now the name of the company and you guys have been extremely successful uh, You to the tune of being one of the fastest growing privately held companies in the country, winning a, a spot on the Inc. 5000 in 2020. That had to be uh, your, of course, that's your first full year with the, you know, the new agency as co-owner. That had to feel pretty, pretty awesome to get that award, huh? It does. Yeah. Uh, and I think we just got it again. So I think that oh, wow. third time, second time, I, 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 um, I, I, I don't remember, but yeah, the, the Inc 5,000 awards, those are, those are, those are pretty cool. And we've, we've won some of the others. So yeah, not to, not to take away from those, but dude, like if you get those awards, your inbox explodes, that's a trigger event for a lot of people that are looking for, uh, to, to sell somebody something. Yeah. I, I'm looking at your website now and you got Inc 5,000 5, fast 50, uh, top B2B companies with Clutch in 2020, uh, top thousand companies, Clutch Global. Um, there's another one, best SEO agencies in St. Petersburg with expertise in 2021. A lot of awards. You guys are killing it. So what? who is your ideal client at Ayova? Who are you Who are you working with the most? Typically, I mean, the best fits. I mean, we work with startups to enterprise companies. I know that's not the ideal customer profile people are looking for, but it's essentially anybody that respects marketing or technology and has money and is willing to collaborate. So if one of those pieces is missing, we're not going to be able to help you. But if you have one of those and whether you have a startup and you have capital to back you and you're really ready to dig in, whether it's, you know, develop a, a gnarly website or come up with a, a campaign to launch your, your app or whatever your new uh, company is, or B, all the way up into enterprise. If, yeah, you have the money, you're willing to roll up your sleeves with us, uh, collaborate, um, and you have something worth selling or building, then, yeah, we're probably going to be a good fit. So you, you, so your services include web development, content marketing, white label development, web applications, SEO, um, user experience, paid search, all these things. What, what's your favorite thing to work on? I mean, I just love people, man. Dude, I just, I love people. So if it's getting into the way people think, or just, you know, whether it's having conversation with somebody, um, and also, I, I love seeing the team's ideas. I don't get to work on the marketing strategy stuff uh, that much anymore. But yeah, you, you get their ideas and then having challenging their thoughts like, hey, did you look at it from this angle? And they're like, oh, no. Or them coming to you and saying like, dude, check this out. And you're like, wow. Yeah. And I love the way you guys think like that. That's some really cool stuff. We're seeing solutions that the team will put together for, uh, you know, whether it's for an app or, uh, or a website. I, I, I love seeing that stuff, just the way that people think. Do you, um, on your web development stuff, do you have a certain platform that you guys build on or is it custom or is everybody different or what? Uh, we do a lot of WordPress. We do some of the HubSpot, uh, CMS, uh, but yeah, we do a lot of custom work as well. So all the headless stuff is really sexy right now. That's where a lot of people are, are going. And then, um, we do software development. So that's from scratch, whether that's going to be in .NET or, or, or PHP, I have over 20 developers on our team. Um, 
so yeah, but I say the majority of the front end stuff is is going to be on WordPress. And I hate WordPress. Gosh, I hate it because wow. I'm not a I'm not a developer, and I think they did that on purpose. I think they built <laughs> WordPress to piss people off who try to do it themselves. And I I have people that do it for me, but I still have to get in every once in a while, peek under the hood, and change something. And I'm like, WordPress was written by people that just wanted to toy with those who don't know how to use the system. I just <laughs> see you could hire us, and we literally customize that backend to exactly what the real Jason Duncan needs. <laughs> Well, I tell you, you, you have no idea, man, as, as a, um, you know, I, I've owned a bunch of companies and, and I've had lots of different web development companies working and, and, and it's, I, I have not found the silver bullet yet is just one of those weird things. It just keeps, it's an elusive target, man. It just keeps moving. And I think I found it. And then it's like, this is not working at all. So <laughs> maybe a Yova or Yova. If I could say the doggone name, I, maybe that's what I need to be talking to. <laughs> Amen, man. Give us a call. Up, yeah. Well, I have a question for you. So as we get ready to kind of uh, bring our conversation in for landing, this is the root of all success. And I want to know what your, John Siracus, I want to know what your definition of that word is. What do you think success is? I think, uh, I mean, it first starts out with, I think, happiness and, and knowing that you've done everything you can to make yourself and those around you as happy as you can be when you leave it on the field. If, if you have that feeling of like, oh, I'm scared and I got a bunch of these things that I shouldn't do and whatnot, I mean, uh, you're not really playing into your best. But once you you leave it all out there and you're like, all right, whatever happens, happens because, you know, I did the best that I could. I love it. I love it. I, I, I ask that question of every guest and uh, I, I make sure that I, I write those down. I keep those because there's so many different variations of that definition. But but according to your definition of success of being happiness and, and leaving on the field, do you consider yourself a successful person? Momentarily, yeah. And then you, you, you look at a failure and you just get all amped up and you're like, all right, we got we got to do it again, because if you're one of those people, it's like, oh, I've done it. And you're just going to sit on your perch and everything. It's like, dude, I mean, you're not a real player. I mean, yeah, it's you got to really you got to you got to have that insecurity. You got to have that uncomfortableness. So you're not growing. So if it feels good for a minute. Think about your losses and then try to do it all over again. You just got to keep going and keep going and keep going. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think the next big uh, chapter in your life is? What's 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 next for John Siracus? a product. I've never, I've never had a product and I, I want to build a product and sell a product. I want any, something gonna, any yeah. particular like idea. Is it, is it a, a consumer product? Is it a, is it a technology product? What, what do you, it would be technology for, for consumers. Yeah. I, I mean, I wish I had more of it fleshed out than this. Like, I mean, this is, this is, this is in, in its infancy, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it is. Um, yeah. And I want, I want to sell a product. I've helped other people sell lots of products, but I have never, I've only had service-based businesses and I don't know. I don't want to be 80 years old saying, you know, that would have been cool. Let's just see what happens. And if I fail, eh, I fail. Well, I think that that plays right into your definition of success. You want to do something that makes you happy and you want to leave it all on the field. You don't want to wait till the end and realize, man, I didn't play my hardest. I didn't put it all that, put it all out there. So um, well, let me ask you for a couple of pieces of advice. So, so one, I'm going to ask just based on your special areas of expertise, which is marketing. What, what is, and I already kind of asked you like, what's the big marketing tip, but I want to, I want to ask it again and, and see if you've had more time to kind of let that marinate. If there's some, <laughs> is there something that the audience could take away and go, you know, this is what we need to pay attention to. And then I've got another uh, uh, piece of advice for entrepreneurs. I'm going to ask in a second, but what's, what's the big marketing tip from you as a very successful, fastest growing privately held company in the country marketing. What's the big marketing tip you can give our audience. Uh, That's what I tell my team. That's what I tell a lot of people. If it risks insult, it's probably worth doing. Okay. That's surprising. Yeah. Don't play it safe. Like just if it's really going to piss some people off and it's going to cause some heartache and upset people, it's probably worth investigating and probably worth doing. Yeah. Why do you think that is successful? Why do you think that's working? As it cuts, it gets through the safe stuff like we care and all the bank stuff and all the healthcare stuff. Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's never going to do anything, you know, but if somebody says like, Hey, take uh, you know, come to our hospital, we won't kill your kids. You're like, what? It's a complete pattern interrupt. Like, all right, it's not safe. It's going to really cut through and it's going to, it's going to work. 
Like those are the types of things that people have to do. And if you're not willing to do that, then you really need to hire somebody else that is. Wow. It's risky, that's, that's, uh, that's, uh, that was, that's an unexpected uh, tip. I'm glad I asked the question the second time because, um, but I think, I think, I think I, I'm just kind of processing that in my brain right now as we're having the show. I, I, I think I look at the people on social media that, that cut through, as you said, cut through the noise. They're, they're the more, the word abrasive is not the right word because you don't have to just be abrasive. You can still cut through without being abrasive, but that's kind of what I'm getting at. So, so you think about the Gary V's, as you mentioned earlier, or the Grant Cardone's or uh, the Bradley's, you know, they, we see them and they're very pointed. They're, they're, they cut. Um, and, 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 and then it works for them. It works. And as someone who's not naturally that way, I struggle with that because I'm not that guy. So, but I'm glad I asked the question. Cause so maybe I need to start doing more of that. And it's different. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, it just, but chances are it's like comedy. So if it's going to insult somebody, it's, it's, it's <clears> probably going to get a laugh. Right. Um, so it just, it, it's part of it, which I know in this, this day and age, it makes things a little bit more difficult, but there's, there's so much white space. There's so much that you can do with that. And I guess the other thing too, I would throw out tips. If all of your competitors are doing it, don't do it. Yeah. It's good points guys. That's good. Y'all should write that down. John knows what he's talking about. Okay. So let me ask you another piece of advice. So in, if you think about the people that listen to this show, the root of all success is entrepreneurs. The audience is entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs. They, they want to do something, but let's, and the, and the spectrum of course is, is wide. There's the early stage and then there's the very successful. So I want you to talk to the early stage people for just a second. And as someone who's gone through years of being an entrepreneur in different areas, paintball to marketing and, and hopefully product development at some point, what's your advice to those early stagers? What would you say to them? Uh, don't, uh, the early stage people that I'd say the most of them that I speak to, um, a lot of them are like looking inside and then trying to find themselves. And that's an, that's, that's a limitless abyss. Do not do that. What, what I recommend is look at what you want to be. So if somebody asks, you know, like who you are, you can, you, you have something like this is, this is what I want to be attached that to a part of your identity. And it's not faking it till you make it. It's just following those steps to, to achieve what you want to achieve. And it could be somebody else that, you know, it could be, uh, you know, an author or some other uh, person that's successful, but literally set your sights on that and then work toward that. The looking inside thing will never end. I love it. So John, how could people get in touch with you? If they say, I like this guy, I like, I like his attitude. I like what it's, what he's saying about marketing. I want to reach out. How would you recommend people get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, you can find me uh, on LinkedIn, uh, name John J O N last name, Syracuse T is in Thomas is in Sam O U R E K I S. Yeah. Shoot me a connection or B uh, you can shoot me an email, John J O N at Oyova.com. All right. So that's, those are a couple of hard words to, to, uh, to spell. So I'm going to slow it down for those that are listening and they want to play this back. Who's the marketer? It sounds like you are. (laughs) Yeah. So John is without the H. So it's the easy spelling. It's the phonetic way to spell John. It's not Jahan. It's John. Right. So that's, that's one way to remember it. And then Syracuse, which I'm happy to say that I said that right the first time, even though I screwed up your company name, it's T S T S O U. R-A-K-I-S, T-S-O-U-R-A-K-I-S. And he's on he's on LinkedIn. I've got his LinkedIn page pulled up here. Good information there. Reach out to John. And then his company is Oyova, O-Y-O-V-A, O-Y-O-V-A.com. Great website, even though it's built to WordPress. It looks really, really good. <laughs> it's a cool site. So you got it's a bespoke agency there. So you can go look at what he's doing there. But John, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. I really have enjoyed meeting you, getting to know you. I appreciate your flexibility and us moving the recording time up. And I wish you and Oyova the best. And uh, let, tell that story about that lady. That lady's story has <laughs> got to be somewhere in your story from now on. I will always remember that story. So thanks for being on the show, man. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun, Jason. Really appreciate it, man. Well, there you have it. Another successful entrepreneur sharing his perspective of success. And uh, if you paid attention, his definition of success was happiness and living your life in a way that you leave everything on the field, knowing that at the end of life, when you look back, you don't think that you pulled any punches, that you 
you carried through all those things. And he talked about that one, that, that, that next big adventure of his, he wants to do some sort of product, make a product and sell that product. So we're wishing John the best and uh, take a look at his, his social media on LinkedIn and take a look at oyova.com, O-Y-O-V-A. So thank you for tuning in to this show. If you haven't yet subscribed and left a review, please do that. It, it's a it's a big it's a big thing for shows to have those subscript or those uh, subscriptions and reviews because that pushes us to the top of the algorithm and puts the show in front of more people. And I think that, like we said on this show, if you believe that what you're doing really changes lives and impacts people, then you need to position that correctly. You need to sell it. You need to pitch it. And then what I'm doing is I believe this show show really helps people get a better perspective of what success can be. And, and sometimes we talk about keys to success. Sometimes we talk about just what the success definition is. But as an entrepreneur, this show can help you elevate your game. You get these indirect mentors to the guests I bring on the show. So please go go leave a review. Take time. As soon as the show's over, go do that. Pull over in your car, where if you're jogging, whatever you're doing, and leave that quick review. Make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you haven't watched it on YouTube, go to youtube.com slash the real Jason Duncan on my channel there. I've got lots of content, but one of the playlists is the root of all success. And you can see me, I'm sitting here alive in my office in Gallatin, Tennessee. John was at his office in St. Petersburg, Florida. I want to make one final offer today before we close out. If you are interested in figuring out how soon you will be able to exit the daily operations of your business and begin living your best life, begin living the exit lifestyle, begin living that version of freedom that you wanted when you started your business to begin with, well, I've got good news for you. I've created an exit readiness assessment that you can go take for free that answers a few questions and it will tell you and give you a report, a customized report to tell you how close you are to being, being able to exit. And you can go to amireadytoexit.com. Amireadytoexit.com. It's completely free. Go take that assessment. It'll tell you exactly how close you are to being ready to exit the daily operations of your business. Well, tune in again next week when I talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, I am the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. Are you an entrepreneur who feels trapped in the weeds of daily operations, not experiencing the freedom you thought you'd have as a business owner? Want to know the way out? Take Jason's free exit readiness assessment to see how close you are to getting ready to experience true freedom and success as an entrepreneur. Go to amireadytoexit.com today. That's amireadytoexit.com. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.